Welcome to a Heritage Christian Centre podcast. For more information, visit www.heritagecc.com.au. We hope this message blesses your life. In Matthew 18, 10, it says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones. So I tell you that in heaven, the angels always see the face of the Father who is in heaven. I actually believe God gives us all angels to look after us. Uh, ministering spirits are the heirs of salvation, the Bible says, but especially children. And um, they are really a wonderful gift of God. I just love the journey. Um, this, this week, as we come to the Word of God, I um, was quite, it was a different kind of week. And uh, I was looking at the journey and how it would go. And, and, and I wasn't in that normal process. I'd normally by, by Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning at latest, I'd have a fair idea of where I was going. Um, but for many of you, the challenges, you know, we understand some of the challenges of the week and the weeks that we've been through the last couple of weeks. Very, very close friends and, and the pains and the heartaches that do come with life. So before I preach, let's pray. Father, let your word touch your hearts and lives today. And for those who are sick and those especially who are grieving at this season, Lord, I pray they would be aware of your love, your presence and your power in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, come Thursday morning, I was thinking, God, I, I need something. And uh, in the preparation of a service for that day, uh, an older song touched my heart. And I woke up in the morning and just out of the blue, I was singing these words. It, it's not old, old song. It's an older song. Um, I didn't wake up singing a hymn, which I have done in the past just to dob my age in. But the, the song was an old hill song. I think I believe hill song song goes, Over the mountains and the sea. Your river runs with love for me. And that's as far as I could get. My head, it got stuck there. And I realised the love of God it was just, again, refreshing in my heart for the journey ahead. I was aware that, that God was doing something. And, and the response to that in the next lines in the song are, and I will open up my heart and let the healer set me free. You know, pains and sickness in life bring us into bondage. They bring us bondage physically. They can bring us into bondage emotionally. They can bring us into bondage in our soul. And I don't want that. And the chorus of that song is, you know, I could sing of your love forever. And, and there's something very powerful in that. And, and those who know me, I actually, this, this song's really in my heart a bit in the aspect that I love the bridge because it's lines go like this. And oh, I feel like dancing. It's foolishness, I know. But when the world has seen the light, they will dance with joy as we're dancing now. And, they, and already I'm feeling like I want to dance. And there's something that touches my heart. Now, you, this might not touch your heart at all, but I pray there's something in your relationship with God that stirs your heart, that does something in you. I, my heart went from here to Romans 5. And listen to this, Romans 5, 1 to 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces per perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, and hope does not disappoint because... 
This is what I want to focus on. Why, why does this all happen? Why does hope not disappoint? Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given us. You know, every, everything Paul writes here is that it, it, the foundation is in the love of God. There, there have been several understandings of this passage and, and different theologians and pastors and preachers. And while they differ, they all carry that core value. It's about God's love. It's always about God's love. And that's the core value of everything in our relationship, our journey as Christians. If we miss the core, we're going to mess up. We're going to become religious. We're going to become critical. We're going to get hurt. We're going to get discouraged. That's not what God wants. He wants us to experience His love and His love poured out. Now, now that's different to the faith by which we get saved. Listen, it's different to the faith we need and we receive as a gift to get saved. See, this love is, a, is having that experience of God's love into our lives from when, firstly, when we were sinners, we, we, we sensed that something happened in our life and God's love drew us. We may not have even been aware of it, but God's love was working in our heart. And, and there's a whole lot of things that produces It's a love that produces power. It transforms us. It's a gift. It allows the love of God in us to start impacting us so it flows out of us. Not only to other Christians, but to the lost, the hurting, and those who don't know Jesus yet. This love also produces in us a change of direction. It says in Hebrews 1.9, You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than anyone else. The experience of God's love is this transforming power of sanctification. That's a religious word. What it means in the Hebrew is to make holy. In the Greek, it means to make clean and holy. It's a gift in the journey to a holy or clean life before God. That's all sanctification is. It's set apart for a different course and so when we, have an, when we have this encounter of God's love, when we have this confidence in God's love, the course of our life turns away from something and toward something. It's God's love that invites us, draws us, engages us and empowers us to right living and creates in us a desire to reject unholy living. We need to experience and live in a revelation of the gift of his love. And in Romans 5 5, it demonstrates a contrast between experiential or experience and rationale. See, you can know about the love of God in your reasoning. You see, I got saved because I knew that God is a God of love and that I was a sinner and I needed to repent and ask God uh, in my life, uh, have Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I, I knew that. I, I knew that journey and, and I knew it was the right thing to do and I was aware of it. I was convicted in my heart and I responded to it. But it really came from firstly a rational understanding. But, but I want to step into something more, which is Romans 5.5. 5. The love of God shed abroad in our heart. It's, it's, it's present now and it, it's okay. We, we can draw pictures of the love of God with our reasoning and they're not bad, but they're not the encounter that we all need. See, the reasoning brings an image. The experience makes it real. Listen, the reason brings an image and expectation, but the experience 
makes it real. John Wesley speaks about his own efforts toward uh, holiness and, and trying in his reasoning to live right. And he talks about the love of God as a treasure and a gift. And without it, he says this, I was like the bones in Ezekiel's vision. The skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So, so we need that experience in our life. The love of God shed abroad in our hearts. And I want to make sure that, that that love comes in and transforms my life, changes me, and then produces God's love out of me and, and flowing back to Him and others. We receive it by faith, just like we receive salvation. But we need to learn, God, how do I step in to a revelation of your love in my heart? Because 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. I can get my head and go, wow, that God who is perfect would by free will forgive me of my sin and adopt me into his family. That must be love. But I want to experience it. I just don't want to know about it. I don't just want to receive what it says. I want to receive that love, that gift. I want to become more and more aware of that love because it's the source of everything in our life. In 1 John 3.10, it says this, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are made known or manifest. If you don't practice righteousness, then he's not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. This is the message you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. How do I love people that I don't really like? How do I love people that hurt me? If I don't have a revelation experience of having love of God in my heart, poured out into my heart. See, it's not about into the world. The love of God is poured into our hearts. And we all need that encounter. We need that amazing, unmerited gift of love whereby we are moved to loving one another. It says in 1 John 4, 7 and 8, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God, born of God and knows God. If you don't love, you don't know God. God, I want to love people. I want to love people properly. I want to love them with the heart of God, not a, not a selfish love, not a, not a natural love, not even a, a good kind of brotherly love. I want to go further than that. I want to, I want to love them with the love of God. But if I don't have his love poured into my heart to overflowing, that's not possible. It goes on in verse 11 of chapter 4. Beloved, if God so loved us, we all ought also to love one another. So this love should produce that love for one another. In verse 14 it says, We have seen and testify the Father has sent his Son as the saviour of the world. That isn't a demonstration. That's a testifying of the love of God. It transforms our attitude toward him and we need it. But it also changes our attitude towards sin. See, we came from a place where we love sin and now we have to hate it. Now we have to have this abhorrence of wickedness, of sin, which is anything that isn't what God calls me to. Listen, it's not always what we think is wicked. It's anything that isn't what God has called me to. And like when, when I'm, I'm loving righteousness and hating iniquity, I find the love of God and the joy of the Lord in my life. 
But as this love flows in, it, 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 it displaces my love for the world and, and builds in me a greater continuing love for God, which helps me walk better. It says in 1 John 2, 5 and 6, whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Now I know, listen, listen firstly, I, I know I'm not perfect. So the love of God hasn't yet been perfected in me. The love of God hasn't yet fully been worked out in my life. I know there's much more. It says, by this we know we're in him. He who says he abides in him ought also to walk as Jesus walked. I want to live. I want to walk with the same heart, the same attitude as Jesus did, to walk just as he walked, to live like he lived and how he wants me to live. And this experience should then produce a, a reciprocating, a recycling. He loves me, therefore I love him and I love the lost. And they come to know him and, and we love him in return because he first loved us and he continues to love us. So we continue to love him and he continues to love us and we continue to love him. And that love should keep rolling over and over and keep moving and growing and developing in our life. And, and it becomes that place where the believer remains conscious of and secure in their dependence upon and confidence in God's love. Just like Paul said, this hope we have is because of the love of God. And there are so many people in our world looking for real and true love in so many other ways and places, only to be ultimately disappointed and disillusioned. You know, some people have somewhat meaningful existence, with which they might even be reasonably content, but deeply within. If we're honest with ourselves, we desire more. I don't, if you've got a heart for God, there ought to be a desire for more, to be more like Him. To, to be more conscious of His presence, to know His love more intimately. It doesn't matter where you are in the journey. If you love God, there should be a, a, a level of, God, I want more. In fact, we might have experienced his love in occasional deep impacting encounters, but we still desire more. In our spirits, we know there has to be more. Then I think, well, why is it that some people might have an apparently deep impacting encounter with God and his love? And still walk away. God, how is it that people can have this impact, an encounter with you and your love, and still walk away? I did. I did it in my youth. I walked away, and I'd had an encounter in my in my in my younger years. You know. Sometimes we have those encounters and while it is the love of God, over time that impact seems to wear off. And Jude tells us what we ought to do. He's very clear about this in Jude 1, 20, 21. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. There's a task to keep ourselves in his love. It's actually a command, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ under eternal life. So somewhere along the track, I want to keep in His love. Part of that one way is to keep being filled with the Spirit and praying. Another way is keep looking for mercy. When you stumble and fall and you fail, look for His mercy, not for condemnation. The devil will give you that for free. 
Look for his mercy to restore you. And that will then build a greater awareness of his love for you. Keep yourself in the love of God. Don't let the encounter wear off. So I'm going to be a little bit selfish right now because I'm going to share a bit of my story. And some of you may have heard bits of it. and Some of you may have heard it all. I've been here 25 years nearly. So some of you would have heard it. And maybe some of you may have not heard any. And you might say, well, why is it selfish to share? Well, as I recount the things God has done for me, it stirs up the love of God in me. Listen, as I recount what he's done, it builds up my, my awareness of his love. So there is a selfish aspect to this because when I rehearse the goodness of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the encounters of God, when I rehearse those things to myself, then it stirs up the love in me. Remind yourself of his goodness. We see it in the prodigal son, in the account. When he remembered his father's house, a type of the family of God, When we remember the Father's house, he came to his senses. So rehearse what God has done. Well, God hadn't done much. Well, if you're saved, God has already done something. Rehearse something. So I can remember several encounters. You've got to remember now, 62, and and these encounters are over a long period of time. I remember when I was about nine. I was walking home from Nunda State School, past St. Joseph's, Girls High School, Catholic Girls High School, across the road from the, the church in Buckland Road, which is on top of the hill in Nunda, Toombalari, which you can see for miles. You could see it from Cloudland before they tore Cloudland down. So it was there. And I was walking home because I live around the corner next door to the priest. It's a strange place for me to live, shooting things around his house. Um, but I remember walking home and, and talking with Jesus so intimately. Like people would say, he has an imaginary friend, but I know he's real. So at nine, I remember that. And I go, God, what happened to that childlike faith of that encounter? I lost it. I lost my childlike faith somewhere. And then I'm not conscious of another dynamic encounter until I was 25. It's not that I was totally unaware of God because during that period I turned back to God. I'd been away from 13 to 19, been running out into the world and doing the things just like every other prodigal would. I'd given my life to Christ. I'd been filled with the Holy Spirit. Evidence was speaking in other tongues. I'd been water baptized and the power of God touched me so powerfully there they had to carry me out of the pool. and, and, And I say this carefully, but for me, they were not deeply intimate. They were very powerful and personal but they weren't deeply intimate. The power of God touched my life. And then I remember when I was about 25, having an encounter where I was so aware of God's presence and hearing his voice so clearly and now intimately. I was in Rockhampton and the new church had built and we hadn't yet got a proper sound system on. And so the sound desk was on the side of the stage and and anyone on sound knows how hard it is to mix front of house from behind the speakers. That I was sitting there and the sense of God's presence was in the building. I was aware of the presence of God. People have filled the altar, being prayed for. People were crying, people were weeping, people were falling over in the spirit and the power of God upon their lives. And, 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 and I remember sitting there watching this and, and I said to myself, and I think God maybe as well, or he was just eavesdropping or something. But I said to myself, I always miss out. 
I couldn't leave the sound desk and get to the altar area. As much as I wanted to uh, have this encounter of God's presence, I, I couldn't leave that and walk down there. Because you know what happens? So the moment you turn your back on sound, it's running perfectly. And the next minute you turn your back, it goes weird. Any, any sound man knows that. Something's going to happen. So I waited and I thought, God, I'm missing out again. And then when the meeting was over, I did, turned the things off I need to. And, and the last thing to turn off was a power switch on the back of the mixing console. And as I reached over to the console, I turned it off and the presence of God just came down. It overshadowed me so powerfully and I, and I sort of slumped over in a heap weeping and sobbing. And as clear as I'm speaking to you now, I heard the voice of God say to me, you are my son. I will never let you miss out. You are my son. I will never let you miss out. Now, don't get me wrong doctrinally. I'm not saying I'm the son of God. I'm one of his adopted children like the rest of us, right? But I had this deeply personal encounter that was intimate where, where I was aware that God was so close. So many images have been reinforced in my mind of that encounter that carry my life. There was an episode for some of you who are a bit older uh, of a TV series called The Sullivans where they'd adopted a boy and he had a problem with bedwetting. And so what he did was he, he'd wet the bed and he'd get up in the night and, and then he'd go hand wash the sheets and take them carefully, quietly up to the attic and hang them out. Hopefully they'd be dry by morning and, and it could carry on like nothing happened. Well, one day... Dad found him in the attic and he broke down and, and, his, and the dad asked him, says, why are you doing this? And here's the boy's response, something like this. I thought that if you found out, you would send me away. And the dad's answer was so powerful. Now, mind you, I'm, at this time, I'm mowing the lawn. I'm out on the footpath in full public view. I'm mowing the lawn. It's dusty. And the father said this, Son, when you became a Sullivan, you will always be a Sullivan. We will never kick you out. Something like that. And here I am. Because I've had this encounter, you will never miss out. I have this, I'm, I'm walking down the footpath and I'm bald. Now, it, was, it wasn't like, yay, Errol. It was this still small voice. And I'm weeping my eyes out on the footpath as I'm mowing the lawn in the dust and mud streamed on the face. And, and, and here's another personal and intimate encounter. 25, 26, these, these two in a year or two. And, and that, that one moment of that one part of my life, those, those two encounters, there I'm 26, 25, 26, I'm 62 now. I haven't had that kind of power into an encounter. I, 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 
I went to Pensacola a few years ago when, when there was the Pensacola revival thing happening and people were in touch by God and I'm there in the crowd and they're starting to pray for people and they come up, they pray and people are touched by God, touched by God, touched by God, touched by God, right beside me, touched by God, me, nothing. Next person, touched by God, touched by God, touched by God. And under my breath, sort of, in I go, missed out again. And I sense God's spirit just say to me, do you really need this to know that I love you? The answer is no. The answer is no. When you know that you know that you know and you have experienced God's love poured into your heart, you are confident that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. That, that, that encounter in 26, I'm 62 nearly, that, that encounter continues to fill my life with a confidence of living in the love of God, of oh, being willing to turn my back on things the world thinks are fun but aren't good for me and follow hard after Him. That, that encounter, you can remember, this is a, an encounter with God three or four over 40 plus years. So when people keep coming to me going, I've got a word from God, got a word from God, God told me, God told me, God told me every day. I'm a little sceptical because following Jesus and walking in the Spirit doesn't constantly need words. I, I get annoyed when the nav man keeps telling me where to go. I'm driving down the Bruce Highway to Brisbane and every intersection, keep going straight ahead. I know! Just tell me when I have to turn. People want God to speak to them every moment of the day. Now, when you're young, that's fine. But as you get older, in your faith, yeah, come on. I actually think God points you in a direction and you keep going faithfully in that direction. And when it's time to turn, you will have some awareness of it. God told me, God told me, God told me. I, I think you're imagining things and it may be from the Word of God. It might be the Spirit of God quickening something. But please don't keep blaming God for stuff that sometimes doesn't work. Live in a relationship with God. See, I, I've been married for nearly 40 years. My wife doesn't have to tell me everything. She looks at me and I know. Our relationship with God and His love should cause such an intimacy that we are aware of the heartbeat of God and His love poured into my heart is the guide for everything. Live in the love of God. Ask Him for an encounter with His love and live in that. Seek His face for an encounter and then keep Yourself in the love of God. Rehearse it. Rehearse it. Rehearse it. Spend time in His presence. See, God initiates and maintains His part and constantly supplies all we need. But we have a part to play. Our part is to keep ourselves in the love of God. In 1 John 4.10, it says this, In this is love, not that we love God, but He loved us. Not that we love God, but He loved us. And Paul says in Romans 8, nothing can separate me 
Verse 38, 39, you can read it. Nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God. Paul's persuaded because of God's love. And so should we be. God has proved beyond question that He loves humanity. Now we know that here. But we need to seek His face for an intimate encounter. And it might only be one or two times in your life where you then learn how to walk in it. Have that encounter that you walk in the abiding presence of His love. Is that easy? No. But if you step into it and keep yourself in love, you will become aware of it more and more often. God has proved He loved you. Right where you are, no matter what your life looks like right now. And if you've never known Him, never accepted Him, or even if you once did, but turned your back on Him and just drifted away, He still loves you. He made a way. And the way is open for you to accept and receive His love. You have your communion emblems with you. Singers can come up if you like. Today, I want us to partake in this. This is an expression, listen, of the love of God. It says in 1 John 4, 9, In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live, listen, live, not just have an encounter, but live through Him. And He made a way for you and me. Father, this emblem of bread represents your body broken of Jesus. It represents that the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. Well, we may not be aware of it, but it still represents it. I pray that as people partake today in remembering what Jesus did on a cross, His body broken for love for us, that we would have encounters with you and your presence and the love of God will be poured out into our hearts. Thank you for your broken body. Let's eat together. Lord, we hold this emblem of a shed blood. The ultimate expression of love the one that would wash away all our sin and make us right with God so that we could come unashamedly to our Abba Father, our Heavenly Father, the God who loves us and is near to us always, the God who wants to pour His love into our hearts. All because of what Jesus did. We thank You for it now. Let's drink together. Maybe you're here today and, and the love of God, you're not aware of it as, as, as you heard me speak. And, and please, it's, it's, I'm just aware of His love. It's not like I need a constant encounter. I've had that encounter confirmed in my heart. I did it one day, I began the journey when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Saviour, when I repented of my sin. But love demands that, that I, if the invitation is given. Love demands from God that He must invite, and He does. 
but He will not force. You and I can accept or reject His love. And today, maybe you want to accept His forgiveness and His love. Maybe for the first time, or maybe you need a a fresh encounter. The love of God poured into your heart. I'm going to ask you, would you pray with me? There's no magic in prayer. The power is in the love of God and us accepting it and Him. Would you join me right now? Heavenly Father, I ask you right now, forgive me of all my sin. I thank you that your love through Jesus has forgiven me. Help me receive that love. Help me to encounter your love. Let your love be shed abroad in my heart as I accept Jesus as Lord of my life. In Jesus' mighty name.